But we begin tonight with some serious stuff in Ontario. It's election time. It officially begins tomorrow. Voters will decide on whether or not Premier Doug Ford and the Progressive Conservatives can win again four years after ending 15 years of Liberal rule in that province. The Lieutenant Governor dissolved the legislature Tuesday afternoon following a request from Ford formally clearing away for clearing the way, rather, for that June 2nd vote. Here's Doug Ford just before he went in to see the Lieutenant Governor earlier today. Well, we're, we're off to the Lieutenant Governor's office and we're asking her to uh, move forward on the, on the writ. And folks, you know, this is going to be a pretty clear uh, choice. We're either going to go backwards like the previous government did or we're going to move forward. We're going to start building infrastructure. We're going to continue building roads and highways and bridges. We're going to create great jobs for the people of Ontario. Folks, June the 2nd, we'll have a choice. And we're going to make sure this province continues to prosper. Backwards and forwards. Keep that in mind. It's going to come up a lot when you listen to Doug Ford over the next few weeks. Uh, There's uh, Ontario Premier Doug Ford. So big stories, affordability, of course, Ontario's response to the pandemic and the economic recovery. Uh, The leader of the NDP, the Ontario NDP, says her party is the best bet to unseat Doug Ford's progressive conservatives. Andrea Horvath says her party is entering the campaign with more seats than the Liberals or incumbent seats and plans to address challenges like housing affordability and understaffing in health care. Job number one is to defeat Doug Ford. Defeat Doug Ford and then start to fix the things that are broken, that have been broken for a long time. And so that's why our plan does exactly that. That's Andrea Horvath, the NDP leader. They go in as the official opposition, 38 seats for them at dissolution, 67 for the Tories, 7 for the Liberals. Meanwhile, concerns about a healthcare system in nursing homes during the coronavirus staff burnout, that'll be a lot of talk about that. Uh, Climate change hasn't been talked about much. It's expected to be a bit of a hot topic. The Ontario Liberals are promising to cut greenhouse gas emissions by strengthening standards for industry, providing electric vehicle rebates, providing grants for eco-friendly renovations. Um, And Stephen DeLuca, the Liberal leader, also says has promised one dollar per ride across the province transit fares here he is talking about uh, what he thinks is wrong with what the progressive conservatives have done on climate over the past four years when it comes to protecting and strengthening our environment in this province when it comes to doing our part to confront the climate crisis the ford conservatives are determined to only go backwards we can't afford that in this province Backwards, forwards, keep that in mind. Stephen DeLuca, the Liberal Party leader. Well, joining me now is someone who knows this stuff inside out. It's always exciting when there's an election on tap. Alan Carter, of course, is global news anchor in Ontario at 5.30 and 6, host of Focus Ontario and the Alan Carter Show, and someone who I used to occasionally replace on the Global Morning Show many, many moons ago. Alan, thank you so much for being here tonight. (laughs) Oh, it's great to be with you, Ben. So this is, I mean, this is seems like it's going to be an exciting race for an outsider. It looks like Doug Ford goes in with a commanding lead. Is that is that right? Yeah, he does. I mean, the polling <laughs> suggests that the uh, Conservatives are five or six points, depending on what you're looking at uh, out in front. And of course, they have incumbency as well, and also they have in Doug Ford a, a terrific retail politician. I mean. Say, uh, no matter where you are on the political spectrum, whatever you want to say about his politics, uh, he connects with crowds. He is a um, great campaigner, and we have seen him in 2018 really be uh, disciplined and stick to script and not really say much of anything (laughs) at all. It worked for him fine in 2018. Uh, We'll see whether it works again. 
we can only hope that he doesn't stick to script as journalists, of course, you always want them to wander <laughs> off that script. Yes. Um, as, as, as he, I mean, if you look back at the pandemic, obviously there were mistakes made and so on. But again, a listening to, I was looking at an abacus poll recently. A lot of people in Ontario seem pretty happy with ha- with the work that he's done. You know, he, uh, like a lot of uh, incumbent politicians in this country, you know, benefited from the early days of the pandemic, the constant uh, uh, media exposure. Uh, there, there has been a lot of criticism about some of his handling. Uh, but in the later stages of the pandemic, when the, the country perhaps, you know, was looking at what is happening in Alberta, Ontario was continuing to be pretty much middle of the road. And Doug Ford, in the latter half of the pandemic, I think, is, has, to a lot of Ontarians' minds, struck the right kind of chord in between caution and uh, reopening and actually lifting restrictions. I mean, it's been controversial, the lifting of the mask mandates. Not everybody agrees with it, um, but it has not been, it certainly doesn't seem to have hurt him politically. What are the key issues you're going to be looking for? I mean, I mentioned some of them off the top, but those are pretty straightforward things. But uh, what are some of the subtleties around affordability that you'll be looking for uh, from, from Doug Ford specifically in this campaign? Well, this will be interesting because I think affordability is such a big part of it. And, uh, you know, the Ford conservatives have already put uh, much of what they're promising on the table. They introduced a, a budget uh, and then they, they haven't voted on it. They haven't passed it. So they're basically campaigning on it. It is their campaign document. And some of the things that they are promising is like a, a reduction in gas tax. Of course, it only is temporary. It only comes into play after the election. So, you know, <laughs> you just sign up here for your discount. Um, and, and what the government has also done is things like they have rebated uh, the stickers that uh, you put on your uh, on your license plate. You'd have to pay an right. annual fee for that before they have actually I, I still have it in my briefcase, my four hundred dollar rebate check from the government for uh, for the last two years of or I think, yeah, two years of vehicle registration. And some people criticize that as, you know, actually, you know, using our own money to buy votes. But it, that's the sort of attack that the government is taking on affordability. The liberals have a different take. You mentioned the one dollar uh, transit thing. That's a promise that the uh, liberals have done, uh, whereas uh, the NDP are taking a different tact on, on affordability. But that is the central issue, I think. Where do you think Doug Ford could be vulnerable here? Uh, I think a pandemic surprise would be uh, a vulnerability. I think um, an undisciplined uh, premier um, who we certainly saw in the early part of his tenure after his election, he was very disciplined throughout uh, the last campaign, as I mentioned, in 2018. But then once into power, just kind of you know shot from the lip a lot uh, and found himself in a lot of trouble in the early going. And you know what the weird thing is? I think that the turning point for him was the Raptors parade. The Raptors parade went through the Raptors won in 2019 at a huge parade. Right. And uh, there's a you know, big thing at Nathan Phillips Square. They called, they introduced the Prime Minister and there's huge huge uh, cheers. They introduced Doug Ford and he gets booed. He gets booed. And I and shortly after that, there was a cabinet shuffle and everything. And I think that's the sort of... The, Doug Ford is not an ideologue. He is a guy that really uh, basks in uh, applause. He likes to be liked uh, and I think if he, he strays off that, um, you know, in his appeal to the, you know, the middle uh, of the road voter, I think he could be in trouble. 
Imagine if the Leafs go on a playoff run and he gets to bask in that too. Can you imagine that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when we get, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, I want to ask you a bit more about, you know, the NDP, the Liberals, I mean, they're, you know, can they unite? Are they going to try and anybody but Ford? We'll talk about that after this. I'm speaking with Alan Carter, the uh, 5.30 and 6 p.m. anchor at Global Ontario, host of Focus Ontario and the Alan Carter Show, of course. We're talking about the uh, Ontario election, which will officially begin tomorrow. Doug Ford in the lead heading in. Um, the Liberals did disastrously in 2018, Alan. Are, is there any chance for them to come back this time? Or are the NDP and the Liberals really going to fight over what's what, you know, fight over that vote, essentially? Well, that, that's interesting. You know, Andrew Horvath was asked today, you know, like, you know, what are you in this for? And, you know, like, what I'm, I'm here to unseat Doug Ford. She's trying to present herself as the replacement to uh, the PCs, whereas the liberals, I mean, you know, they, they suffered a disaster in 2018. But historically, they're, they've been quite strong, obviously, in power for 15 years. I think if you if you look at the polls, it probably suggests that they would return to uh, opposition, and and I think that that might be seen as a as a win. Uh, it, I think it's going to really come down to, you know, if you are committed to saying I don't want any more progressive conservative rule in the province of Ontario, where's your vote going to go? And I think that's still up in the air for a big chunk of the electorate. It should be interesting to see. Obviously, the Liberals hoping to uh, to to regain some of that that well, obviously, would become the official opposition again. Um, what do you think the opposition parties here, whether it be the Green Party or the Liberals or the NDP, need to do to gain traction in this in this election? Not have it become because I remember the last time it was kind of the Doug Ford election, no matter what, even though he went in not as the not as in the front. Yeah, I mean, people often forget that Andrew Horvath actually led her in the early going in 2018 uh, before the province, you know, took a closer look at some of their candidates and then decided, no, Doug Ford was the way to go. Um, it, I, I think the best case scenario for um, both either the Liberals or the NDP or, or you know, Mike Schreiner and uh, the Greens, we have a green uh, seat in Ontario that they, they catch some kind of something in the public imagination and that somebody can get behind them. Because really, there doesn't seem to be, you know, we often struggle at the outset of these campaigns to say, what is the ballot question? And I don't think at this point we can definitively say, sometimes in the middle of campaigns, as you well know, I mean, something just comes up and it becomes the ballot question. You don't see it in the early going. Well, I don't know whether it is clear right now beyond do you want more Doug Ford? And I, I think that maybe if that is the only ballot question, that plays in the Conservatives' favor. A couple of debates in this uh, in this campaign. I know those, I guess, will be important specifically for, for Del Duca, would it be? Is he the, sort of the unknown here? I mean, he was a cabinet minister and so forth, but... Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think it'll be important for uh, Horvath to try and present herself as premier-like, um, remember, this is her fir- fourth kick at the can here. Um, so the province knows her. Um, they've taken a pass bef- three times before, so somehow, somehow she's going to have to elevate her game. Uh, for Del Duca, yes, I think it's going to be absolutely vital that he not only introduces himself, but still uh, shrugs off the constant attacks of, 
you know, you guys were in power for 15 years. You personally were at the cabinet table during, you know, the last couple of years of very unpopular liberal government. And how is he how is he going to be able to uh, deftly uh, parry aside those attacks? I, I mean, they've started already. They've been around for a while. I mean, every time there's any question, it's like, well, I mean, you even played it at the beginning of your program today. You know, yeah. what did Doug Ford say today when he went to see the left hand governor? He, he said, you know, we're going to move forward, not like the previous government. I mean, he's been in power for four years. He's still railing on about the liberal. I know. Well, the BC NDP out here have been in power for more than four years now, still talk about the 16 years that the Liberals were in power. It's, yes. it's the gift that never stops giving in <laughs> politics, just, right? Exactly. Yeah. You bet. <laughs> Um, what kind of, I did notice that, uh, that Premier Ford happened to be hanging out with a certain Liberal Prime Minister the other, this week on a big announcement. <laughs> he seems to have played that relationship quite well. Yeah, you know, it, it, long gone are the days when, you know, uh, Ford was a kind of a, a, a whipping uh, post for the prime minister and then both taking shots back and forth. I mean, even during the pandemic, remember the, the conservatives in this in province ran very uh, anti-liberal ads about porous borders showing, you know, reds pouring in through the province because of, you know, contagion coming over the border. But it's still... He's managed to, Doug Ford has managed to maintain an amicable relationship uh, in the last while. I think that both sides realize that there's nothing to be gained for either the federal liberals or the provincial conservatives um, to, you know, be at each other's throats and that probably best to keep your uh, powder dry. So where is everyone heading out to? What is sort of the the opening salvo uh, as far as this election is concerned? Uh, what, what, what we see in the first few days? Well, I mean, I, what's going to be key for the four conservatives, yeah, keep in mind that much of their promises, you know, build highways, infrastructure, is really trying to, you know, put roads and areas where that they are shored up, you know, where they are going to be able to continue to uh, win, which is rural Ontario, very conservative. But also, as federally, as you know, it's the ring really around Toronto that is the key. It's very vote-rich, the 905 is. You know, in the city itself, in the center of the city, the conservatives aren't really going to compete in very many ridings, and that's going to be a question about where does a progressive vote go. That'll tell a tale. But in terms of forming government, you really need to carry the 905. And so you'll see a lot of that. You'll see Doug Ford out on you know, in different parts of the province, not very much time in Toronto. He talks about, I don't, I don't like being in the, in the bubble. He doesn't like being in the bubble. He's from Etobicoke, by the way. He's friends with not far from here. Which okay. I remember is a four is a four one six if I remember my, yes. my Toronto yeah, correctly. Is, you are correct. <laughs> not a nine oh five. Alan Carter, I look forward to your coverage. Look forward to speaking to you again. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, let everyone know about this election starting tomorrow. Ben, it's been so much fun. I appreciate it.